Anyway, it's that time of the year, and uh, I can't believe we're already in December. I mean, like, it just felt... A couple of months ago, we were in December. Uh, some of the months have been dropped this year, I don't know. But it's certainly uh, a time for stressing and uh, for gifts and stuff. Who's doing their Christmas shopping? No one. <laughs> I've got two people. Some are very organised. Some people going, oh, I knew there was something I had to do. Uh, and uh, yeah, for some people, it's very stressful finding all these gifts and stuff. You know, so I just avoid it. I just let my wife do it. <laughs> we've got parties being planned and this this time of the year we as a church we kind of back off a lot of our stuff like we got our last connect meeting for the year coming up uh not this week but the following week uh to give you room because there's a lot of parties some of you i know go to parties galore and we know it can be very tiring i mean there's a lot of people feeling tired tonight today i think you know we're all uh, uh, uh we did the work in b yesterday which was really good backyard blitz and thank you again guys for coming out for that that was very helpful i uh, really appreciate that uh giving up some of your time to do that you know amongst this crazy time of the year as like i said everything comes out the lights come up there's there's a tiredness involved with it, but there's also an expectation. There is an excitement, because there should be an excitement, because it's all focusing to one name. It's focusing to one, the reason for the season. You know, the world will try to do away with the reason and just have the season. As you know, they're trying to change it from uh, Merry Christmas to, what is it, happy, happy Holidays or Season or whatever or something like that. They're trying to do away with the reason for the season, and uh, we can never go there. We're starting a new series this morning called Emmanuel, and uh, it says it all in this name, which we're going to uh, bring forward today in this first scripture is mentioned. And if you've got your Bibles with you this morning, we're just going to look at that, and I'll, I'll just read a couple of verses before that just to give context. Isaiah chapter 7, verse 10, going through to verse 14. Isaiah 7.10 says, And Jehovah spoke again to Ahaz, saying, Ask a sign of Jehovah your God, ask either in depth or in height above. But Ahaz said, I will not ask, nor will I tempt Jehovah. And he said, Hear now, O house of David, it is a small thing for you to weary men, but will you weary my God also? So the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, the virgin will conceive and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. Let's just pray this morning. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you for your word, and we thank you for Jesus. Father, because we know Emmanuel is God with us, Jesus. And Father, this season, may, uh, may we align with you this, this season, God. Let us not be distracted by other things, but God, we come into a season of worship in you, to focus on you, to bring people to know you, God, all that we do in this season should be to highlight that name, the name that is above all names, Jesus. So, Father, I just thank you this day that we can come together to learn from your word and the importance of names. And, Father, we give you the praise in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. So the backdrop on this story is uh, the Lord speaks through Isaiah the prophet uh, to Ahaz the king of Judah. Ahaz was afraid... Has was afraid because the northern kingdom had joined forces with Syria and, and uh, he believed they would seek to destroy him and his people. So he's very concerned. 
But God tells them, it shall not stand and it shall not come to pass. Ahaz does not believe him, so God gives him a sign. And that sign is Isaiah 7, 14. The Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, the virgin will conceive and shall bring forth a sign, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. The sign was to demonstrate that God was with his people and with the line of David and that his word would be kept in spite of their unbelief. So an amazing promise here of God. Now you've got to think this is 700 years roughly before Jesus was born. God has already has a plan. God already has put forward what he's going to do, a promise to us all that God will be with us. So some of you may be, as we, we discuss this word, Emmanuel, go, how do you spell Emmanuel? Is it with an I or with an E? Well, it's with both because in the Old Testament it was Emmanuel and in the New, through the Greek, it's spelled with an E. And, uh, but because the E spelling comes from this word, I thought, let's keep with the original. And that's what you will find in the Old Testament. So the word Emmanuel uh, in the Greek has the E, but the Hebrew has the I. And it's made up of two words, Imanu uh, and El. El, whenever you see El, that means God, okay? So, you know, Elohim, uh, you'll see the well El. And so El means God. So the word means God with us. God with us. You know, names matter in the Bible. I was only having this conversation yesterday. Names matter in the Bible because they are used to describe something or somebody's character unlike today's names you know we've got some crazy names i was just looking at a few on the computer before who would call their son sage moonblood that was apparently sylvester sloan for his eldest son how would you like the name dweezil <laughs> oh dweezil come here dear dweezil uh, <laughs> Or moon unit. I'm the moon unit. <laughs> this, is, this is crazy, but these are actual real names that people gave to people. How's this one? This is the craziest one I saw. Calling their kid number 16 bus shelter. <laughs> Can you, that was actually allowed in New Zealand, that, that name was. And of course, hashtag. <laughs> to keep it up with the modern days. I mean, you go on and on and on, just crazy names. I'm sure people just pick them because they want something bizarre, but not really thinking what that will mean. Um, I mean, you've got to watch everything with names because names can convey such a, a great amount of things. When we uh, look at names in the Bible, for instance, I was just sharing yesterday that uh, names always had a context in them or a meaning, a character or something to describe it. It wasn't just a random name. It meant something. And I was just saying, like, when we got to uh, Noah's grandfather, Methuselah, Methuselah, uh, his name meant when he dies, it will be sent. So imagine having that go, like, what does that mean? You know, when I die, it will be sent. That's my name. That's Methuselah. Well, you know what happened when he did die? It was the 600th year of Noah. And guess what happened in the 600th year of Noah? The flood was sent. So God had words or names that meant something for future things. So there's lots of lots of names out there, and uh, we know Jesus uh, is a, a Latin form of the Greek word Isis, Isis from the Greek. So Jesus, when he was given the name by Mary, would have been uh, Yeshua to Miriam. 
That's the original. That would be the original. But we've anglicized it. We put it into an English language, so we've changed it to Jesus and Mary. So there's a, a change, but it has a meaning. Jesus comes from the word uh, uh, Joshua, which means one who saves. It means salvation. It means all those things. So the name had a meaning. A name has a meaning, you know. Uh, I have a meaning in my name. And um, do you know your name, what your name means? Yeah, you do? Oh, that's good. You've all done your research. <laughs> that's good. So the name Ian, for instance, comes, Ian derives from John, and John means uh, the grace of God. So, uh, and uh, I could have been called a few names. So people can get hung up in the name in the sense, but it's actually really attached to what it means because the power is in what it's meaning rather than just a letters of the words in some context. So like Ian, Ian, uh, John in Scotland is Ian, in Ireland it's Sean, so I could have been a Sean or, or a John, and, uh, but got Ian, it's probably because it's simple to spell, three letters. <laughs> and my dad was never big into names, so he made it as simple as possible. I don't have any middle names because of that, so... We, uh, and I remember a time when I was thinking about this, the meaning of a name. So when we got to our third daughter, I go, well, I really want something, something that means something, <laughs> you know, not just a random name and things. Uh, uh, even though some people, you know, some people seem to look like their name. And I don't know what that means, but certain people look like that, you know. And, uh, but in this case, Sharon was like about down to last week of... Uh, her pregnancy with our youngest, uh, Mariah, and um, she's going, have you picked any names yet? And I said, oh, yeah, because I know you girls are very good at it. Even when you're at high school, I'm sure you've already got names written down for your future kids and all that stuff, and I know I've seen it, so, <laughs> so don't tell me you don't. Uh, and um, so, uh, you know, I, I said, look, I want something that means something. I don't want any wussy name. And Sharon goes, what about this name? I'm going, no, nah. I used to know a girl by that name. I couldn't stand her. You know, <laughs> how about this one? Nah, that sounds weird. And, you know, we just go through a whole list of things and I've got the whole names book out as you do as a dad, you know, trying to find a name. <laughs> and uh, I couldn't sort of sell anything. And uh, she goes, well, if you don't come up with something, you just have to go with my name that I've picked. And I said, well, no, no, just leave it with me. Because it got to the end of the day, all right? Because this is due any time. And I said, that's all right, plenty of time. Anyway, <laughs> so there I am praying, God, look, I don't want any stupid name. I don't want anyone. I said, I want a name that means something. That's you're in it. You're, you're, somehow you're in this name. And, uh, and suddenly out of blue just came the name Mariah. I wasn't thinking about it. I thought, Mariah? I didn't know what that means. So I got the name book out and had a look. And it says, God, uh, God is my teacher. Or God teaches. I thought, ooh, that's nice, I like that, God teaches. And I thought, yeah, I'll, I'll have to think about that one. Sharon comes in uh, about like 20 minutes later, sees with the book, she goes, all right, okay, you got a name yet? Uh, sort of, oh no, you haven't, have you? Well, you're just going to go with mine. I said, what's your name? She says, Mariah. <laughs> I said, but that's my name, I picked it. <laughs> so, so there you go. So, so there was something in there and we, we, we thought that was great, so that's awesome. But when we go through the scriptures, we find there are hundreds of names and titles given to God because you can't describe God in just one word. God is too big. And as you go further in, you get more and more names for him because you see how great he is, how great our God is. He is bigger than we can ever imagine. 
And that's why he's given so many different names of characters and things. And then, of course, we have the call name of, of God, uh, which we render uh, to Jehovah or Yahweh. I'll talk a bit about that in a minute. But we add things to that to describe his character. Like we'll say Jehovah Jireh, which means my anyone? provider. Oh, well done. <laughs> uh, Jehovah Rophi, which is, I say if I say that right, I make things up. Uh, <laughs> Jehovah heals. Uh, Jehovah Nissi, uh, my banner. Jehovah Rohi, my shepherd. And you all know this one, Shalom. Does anyone know Shalom? Peace, yep. Uh, Shema, he is there. He's our Jehovah Shema, he is there. He is uh, Jehovah Tiskinu, our righteousness. And Mekadesh, Lord who sanctifies. So there's the key eight compound names of God to describe something about his character. He is the one that heals, he provides, he's our banner, our shepherd, our peace. He is always there, he is our righteousness, and he is the Lord who sanctifies. We'll test you on that later. <laughs> but the thing is, God wants to be known. God wants you to find him. He wants you to seek after him. He, he's hungry for that. He, it's just, he gets excited when we start looking at, at this uh, at his names and his words and who he is. How do you know God if you don't read his word? Everybody has an opinion on God, but they don't always have an opinion from his word. It's just what they think. As I was saying the other day to a group, I said, you know, people often say, oh, God wouldn't do that. Especially when it comes from a non-Christian. Oh, God wouldn't do that. And I said, well, have you read his word? <laughs> because they haven't. It's because we have a, a mindset that we kind of feel what God might have done through our own understanding. But God is so much greater than us. You know, uh, God wants to be known. He has a great love and mercy towards us. God's just passionate about you. You know, we cannot comprehend or understand how great the love of God is for us. You know, we go, well, can you imagine if you were God? Would you put up with us? No. They go, no, give you a miss. Move on. And, and I think that's somewhat what David says. King David asked that question in Psalm 8.4. What is man that you are mindful of him? And the son of man that you visit him? God visits you. Why would he bother with us? We mess up all the time we, we, because there's something special that he loves us. We need to know God. It says we need to know God, but in the world that we live in, as I said, people throw away their line of God. Oh, God wouldn't do this. God does this. this is, yeah, there's so much use of the word God, but we need to hone that in. And who is this God? When it says, when um, the word says, God with us, Emmanuel, what God is with you? Because people don't think like that. They just think God is a sort of a universal sort of thing, covers all gods, but it doesn't. This is talking about a specific God, not the God of the Hindus, not the God of, of uh, whoever, um, the Mormons, Buddhas, whatever. It's not the God of any of those. It's the God of Isaac, Jacob, uh, Israel. You know, it's, it's, it's the whole God that we speak of in the Bible. So who is your God? Moses had an encounter with God in the burning bush. We all know that story. And a bit further on, uh, uh, Moses is on the mountain speaking to the true living God. And he asked him this because he was tasked to go to Israel, sorry, Israel, go to Egypt to release the Israelites. And he thought, who's going to listen to me? And sometimes it's like that. It's like when we go on missions, we go, who's going to listen to us? 
But when we know we've got God with us, it changes everything. Everyone's going, I, I have a completely different thing. I said, God, you sent me here, so I know they're going to listen. And I know they're going to hear. And, and that's the confidence we have. He doesn't leave you to do things on your own. He goes with you. He is with you. He is Emmanuel. He is God with us. Day to day, wherever we are, he never leaves you nor forsakes you. So here we are in Exodus 3.13. It says, Moses said to God, He's on the mountain with God. He says, Behold, when I come to the sons of Israel and shall say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they shall say to me, What is his name? What shall I say to them? And God said to Moses, I am that I am. I should do the Morgan Freeman. I am God. <laughs> I am. Yeah, do a deep voice. Um, <laughs> I am that I am, he said. So you shall say to the sons of Israel, I am has sent me to you. And God said to Moses again, You shall say this to the sons of Israel, Jehovah, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, has sent me to you. This is my name forever, and this is my title from generation to generation. So here he is having an encounter with God, wants to know what he is called. And that's what we need to know, what he is called. Who is the God that we worship? Because God it can be used in such a context in our world for all sorts of deities, but we need to hone in and use the name Jesus. But in this story here, God says, I am that I am. Now, uh, Carly, if you've got the words there, just put up there. This is what it looks like in the Hebrew, if we've got that there. No, that's not what it looks like. That is the Hebrew, but <laughs> that's not what I'm looking for. No, you haven't got it? Oh, it was in my notes. Okay. When we see the Hebrew word there, when he says, I am who I am, it's the words Y-H-W-H. Saying in the Hebrew, it's yod He vav He. It's four words that we do not know even today how that is said. So what we've done, put vowels in and made words like Jehovah. We've made Yahweh. That's made out of that. We just put some words in there to try and speak it. But it's just such a holy, reverent name that the Jewish people didn't want to get it wrong. And uh, so they decided to use the word Adonai, which is Lord, just because they're so scared of getting that wrong. So if you go to a Jewish Bible, you'll see they'll say uh, uh, Adonai instead of, or they have the written word there, but they won't actually say that. We, we attempt to put it together in our English saying uh, Yahweh or Jehovah, but the original word is four, only four letters and nobody really knows how that's said. And that's our attempt. Like we always try to attempt things. Like I said, we, we use the English language. We uh, try to grab hold of something we can communicate with. As I said, Jesus' name came from Yeshua, and we call it Jesus. That's because that's Latin. That's the English way of saying things from the Greek, Jesus. Uh, but the power in this is this word, which is God's name, and it's used several places right through the Old Testament. And it's good sometimes to do that. If you've got your English version, Whenever it says the Lord and it's in capitals, it's using this word. Uh, some will translate into Jehovah. Uh, it's good just to flick and go, okay, what word is being used here from the original Hebrew? Because you'll get an understanding of what is being said there because there's other references, of course, Elohim and uh, other names that are given to God. So we, we see here the, the word uh, YHWH, yod He vav He, is actually meaning the all-existing one. 
Now, people have a problem with this when they think about God. God is with us, but where did God come from? How many times do you get that from kids? Yeah, Dad, where, where did God come from? Well, God didn't come from anywhere. God always was and always has been. He is the all-existing one, and, he, and he's just been there. Now, that's kind of hard comprehension for our brain to cope with, but there's lots of things we see in life that we don't understand. I said, uh, you know, I always say this to people when they kind of try work it out. I said, look, you won't work it out. It's like if you, if you say the universe, like w w the furthest star you can see in the universe, if you kind of traveled out to that star, then what's behind that? And if you see another star, what's behind it? Where does it end? Yeah. Well, <laughs> it just blows our mind. It's, it's like, that's too hard, basket. <laughs> but uh, here he is declaring who he is. Because you need to know who your God is. When you say, Emmanuel, God is with us, what is he with you with? When? How? All those things. So you have confidence. So we've just finished this whole thing on prayer. You have confidence, a whole new confidence coming to God in prayer because you know who he is. God is with me. I know that God. He's my rescue. He's my salvation. He's my healer. He's my provider. He does all those things. He is the God of the whole universe. He's not somebody's out there in the universe. He is <laughs> bigger than the universe. He created everything. And guess what? That was in the Old Testament, but we have the New Testament. Jesus reveals who he is too. So God reveals to Moses that he is the all-existing one, and he says, that will be my memorial na uh, name to the nations forever. So here he is prophesying forward, saying, hey, this is not just my name for today or tomorrow. This is forever. And of course, when we come to the New Testament, we find Jesus in John 8:58. Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, he's talking to the Pharisees, right? They were giving him a hard time. And, and uh, Jesus said to him, truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham came into being, I am. Here he is declaring something because they, they were tackling him. And he says, before Abraham was, I am, like I'm all existence. It comes from the Greek word, I, me, which means, once again, the same as what those four letters mean, all existing one. I didn't, I, wasn't, I didn't come from anywhere. I just always have been. I just exist. So Jesus made a powerful statement there that uh, he is God. The Pharisees knew it because if you read the next passage, they, they're picking up rocks to stone him because they thought it was blasphemy. Here is a man calling himself God, but, but he was both God and man. Jesus is the exact re re uh, representation of God. Jesus has two natures, son of God and son of man. And God wants to have a relationship with you this morning. So when we look at that name, his name, Emmanuel, we see right from the beginning, God has always been with us. When we've sinned and when we haven't, right in the garden, we see right in the beginning, in the garden of Eden, there's God walking with, um, with Adam. He walked. So God was with us in the beginning, right, with Adam. He was, walked with him. And of course, when he sinned, he was kicked out and it changed the whole dynamics then but God didn't give up on us and this is the great thing God does not give up on you you sometimes give up on God but God will not give up on you he will fight for you he will go as far as he can but he cannot make you do it. he's not going to twist your arm to come back to him you need to actually make that way yourself so we see uh, God from the beginning was with Adam he walked in the garden with him until sin entered the world God didn't leave man alone but he had another plan. Uh, Adam walked with God. Now God is going to walk with man. 
Jesus came down to earth. We, we see the whole uh, picture there of God coming down in the form of man so he could reach man and be with them, with them, because Jesus was with them. It says 1 Corinthians 15, 47, the first man was out of earth from the ground. Adam was earthly. The second man was the Lord from heaven. The second Adam walked with man again. Jesus is referred to the second Adam. So the second Adam walked with God again. 1 John 1, 14 says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Jesus came from heaven and dwelt among us. He is with us. He is the Emmanuel. He is God with us, with the people. Colossians 1.15 says, He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For all things were created in Him, the, heavens, the things in the heavens and the things on the earth, the visible, the invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created through Him and for Him. And He is before all things. Did you hear that? And He is before all things. And by Him all things consist. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that he may be preeminent in all things. I think you get the gist of who Jesus is. He is the living God. But the, and God has given us a promise. No matter what you're going through right now, this is the promise to you, and this is the promise to the world, that God is with us. We're going through some real crazy times around the world and it's not over yet but we in these times we need to go to God and know that have assurance feel secure in your God but you got to know who God is that's why I said it's so important because God is with us and when you know that God it will change everything he will never leave you nor forsake you for Isaiah 41 verse 10 says do not fear once again he's he, God loves to reinforce these thoughts these and understand that he is with you and for you. Emmanuel, God with us. In Isaiah 41.10, he says, I am with you. I am. There's the I am again. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will make you strong. Yes, I will help you. Yes, I will uphold you with the right hand of my righteousness. This is God's promise to you because he says, I am with you. Uh, Emmanuel, God with us. Jesus didn't leave us on our own. He said, he said, if you, in John 14, 15, if you love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter so that he may be with you forever. The Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it does not see him nor know him, but you know him, for he dwells within you. Jesus, when he left this earth, he gave us another like him, the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, that God would still remain with us. So we see Jesus coming down to be with man again. Of course, he was taken up, but he gave us another, so he remained. So we have the Holy Spirit with us. We have God with us. Emmanuel, God with us. Without him, we have no hope, but with him we have hope. And that's the great message of Christmas time is God with us. We have all hope in him this morning. James 4.8, in finishing, James 4.8 says this, Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. God is for you. God is with you. God will always be you. He'll never forsake you or leave you. Sometimes people feel like 
I, where's God? I've heard people say this. I don't know where God is anymore. I think I'm losing my faith. No, you're not losing anything. You're, that, that's that's because you're based on a feeling. We got to know who God is. It's not based on a feeling like, oh, everything's going great today. God's so good. And then suddenly we hit a bad patch. It's like, where's God? Well, God's still the same. He hasn't moved. He hasn't moved at all. He is still there for you. He is still there with us. He is Emmanuel. That is promise to you. That is his promise. You may go through some tough times. If you want to know what tough is, read the scriptures. Read what Paul went through. Look what Jesus went through. That's tough. But he didn't like he didn't complain. They just went through it all, all joy, knowing that God was with them. And God, this Christmas, is with you. He is always with you. No matter what you go through, you just need to talk to him. Say, God, I'm finding it tough right now. Speak to him and allow him to minister to you this morning. But of course, God with us relies on us to be open to him, to receive him. For it says in 1 John 12, for as many as receive him, he gives them the right to become children of God. See, God gives you the right to become to him as a child of God. He gives you that right. But you must receive him. You have to receive him. It's just not like he's just there. He says, as many as receive me. That means you want him. You're, you're desiring him. We'll, we'll become children of God. So I just want you to close your eyes this morning as we come to close. This morning, the relationship with the living God, Emmanuel, God with us, starts with a, a prayer of acceptance, receiving him. And I wonder this morning whether you've actually received Jesus as your Lord and Savior. He is the only true God. He is the only one that can save anybody from anything. He is the Lord of Lords. He is the King of Kings. And he came 2,000 years ago for you and I to save the world from their sins. And this morning, if you want to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, repenting of your sin, receiving him as your Lord in your heart, I want to give you an opportunity right now. If that's you, I'd love to pray for you. Wherever you are in this auditorium, just raise your hand if you've never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Say, yes, I'm in. I need Jesus. I need to repent of my sin. I need to know that I've, I've been set free. I need to know that I don't have to carry this weight anymore, that he will carry it for you. If that's you this morning, wherever you are, just every head bowed, eye closed. Just raise your hand. I will see that hand, and uh, I'll just pray with you. Amen. See those hands. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And for those that may have lost a little bit of confidence in God, I want to give you assurance in that word is everything you need. God is with you, Emmanuel. So I pray today as you leave this place, you'll remember Emmanuel, what it means, God with us. He is with me. So no matter if you're going through a tough moment, you can say, yes, I know I'm going through a tough moment, but God is with me. Start speaking words of faith. Start speaking words of confidence. Father, I just pray right now for people that are in that place this morning that just feel that things are tough. I pray, Father, you remind them that you have not left them, that you're with them. 
because your word says so. You are with us. God is with us. Emmanuel. Father, I just pray right now that they will see your glory. They will feel your presence right now. As they open hearts and minds to you, God. For you are the answer. You are the truth. You are the way, the truth, and the life. Father, we give you praise in this house this morning. And we thank you, God, that you are with us. For God, your heart is for others as well. And this Christmas, may we be able to share the love and the truth and the word of God with others, that they will also understand that he is their Emmanuel, God with us as well. Thank you, Jesus. We give you praise. Amen. Amen.